Oh, Father, that is who you are. We actually delight to be in your presence right now, to sing your praises, to shout out at the top of our lungs the glory of who you are, the joy that there is in knowing you, the certainty that we can rely on you, that you are a promise keeper, that you have made a way and you are continually drawing us and leading us onto that way. So God, we come before you now and we ask that you speak to us. We know that you desire to meet with us tonight. So we open up our hearts, God. Meet us where we are, in Jesus' Name. Amen, amen. Grab a seat. I'm actually really stoked that we're doing this 6 p.m. start. I'm, I, I, can't, I actually can't believe that Nathan agreed to giving us an extra 30 minutes for our sermon. Uh, so really good. If you're freaking out and you're new here, it, that's a joke, so uh, that's a bit of me anyway. Um, but we're, we're actually continuing a series this week in Philippians, uh, Philippians 2, that's been on imitating Christ. And I'll have to, I really actually have to confess something. I've been in a bit of a bind um, as we've been doing this series. Jody actually said last week, um, well, she put it to, to the audience, she put it to you guys, how have you been going with humility? How have you been going at being humble this past week? And I've been asking myself, is humility something that I want to go all in with? Is it something that I want to be better at? I mean, maybe I could be using my time to get better at playing the keys, I mean, or guitar. Jono was, was awesome, Pete was awesome. The, well, the whole team was awesome. Why don't we give the team a hand? Actually, I should. Um, but it would take sacrifice, it would take discipline, it would take effort, but I mean, the end result's pretty cool. Pete does look awesome on keys. I wouldn't mind that. Pretty glorious. You'd see the results, but humility, I'm not so sure about. I mean, what, like, what's the end game with humility? We're, we're imitating Christ, we're wanting to be more and more like Jesus, but what does that look like? Maybe one day you're practicing being nice to your neighbour, you're looking after their dog or something. A couple of years later, you work up your humility to be sacrificing a bit of your own time at a local soup kitchen. Maybe your boss at work is a complete maniac, but your humility level is high enough to actually be able to still love him and deal with that. Flash forward a few years, maybe your humility level is now at 90 and you're giving a whole heap of your time and resources and effort to something like helping children in India, giving of your life to do that. We heard about Mother Teresa last week. Eventually you're peaking, right? Your humility level is 100. You're ready to retire. And by retire, I mean dying on a cross at the hands of your enemies. Heavy. Maybe you're thinking, Dan, why you gotta go there, bro? <laughs> Can't we just talk about imitating Jesus, walking on water, being woke, 
feeding people by multiplying food, turning water into wine at parties. That's the sort of Jesus I'd like to imitate. <laughs> Last week, we were looking at Jesus' humility. And if you're thinking that you would prefer something a little lighter tonight, um, rather than this radical um, call to imitate um, the humility that Jesus showed, then you're in luck, sort of. We're continuing in Philippians 2, and the verses we're looking at are about Jesus being exalted. But before we look at the passage, I'd like to give a bit of a definition on what exalt is. What is exalt? What is to be exalted? And to exalt, we can see, is to raise to a higher rank or position or status. So if we jump in, let's go to Philippians 2, verses 9 through 11, starting in verse 9. Therefore, God exalted him, being Jesus, to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is God's word for us here tonight. And yes, if you have been up to speed with Kanye's latest album, you will know that these are the lyrics of his last song, Jesus is Lord. But I'm not, I'm not gonna talk anymore about that. So I'd like to, to actually start here in this passage in verse nine, right? It starts with, therefore God exalted him. So we're not completely out of the woods yet. This therefore is referring to the humility that Christ showed, the humility that he showed. That is why God exalted him. Humility as the reason, humility was the reason that Jesus was exalted. So tonight we'll be exploring this interface, this link between humility and exaltation. If we're talking about Jesus level humility, that's pretty hard. But when we're talking about being exalted, being lifted up, being given status and recognition, that's a bit more attractive. So here's the question for us here tonight. Are you after humility or exaltation? It's a harder question than you might think. Naturally, we actually have a tendency to want exaltation over humility. In fact, one of the ways our society goes about encouraging humility is to make it into something worthy of exaltation, something to be rewarded. If you're humble, you will be rewarded. Exaltation is like a carrot on a stick. Do we endure humility because we are after exaltation. When I was a kid, we used to go on a whole heap of family road trips and I have two siblings and we would sit in the car in the back seat and never fight. (laughs) 
Anyway, so we, we actually, yes, we did fight, okay, I'll give you that. Um, and my parents would throw this line back to us when we were fighting, if you be nice to your sister, then you'll get this something when, you, when we get home. And that would work on a 10-minute ride. On a two-hour ride, definitely didn't work. But is that what we're talking about here with humility? Do we endure humility just so that we can be rewarded at the end? Is humility just a transaction to get exaltation? Maybe we see humility as a necessary pain to obtain our own exaltation. As any gym junkie will tell you, no gain without pain. So what will I gain if I'm humble? Will it be worth it? Will it be big enough? How long will I have to endure? Will I see the results soon? And if this is the case, it's clear that humility is more about us than anything else. What's the gain for me to endure the pain? What's the end result for me if I'm humble? Why is our default subconscious thought to weigh up these options? We live a lot of our lives by this principle. We do things that we think will be beneficial to us, to our status or standing. Has humility, then exaltation, just become a mechanism to elevate our status, to build our self-worth? In this framework, if humility is desirable for status, then we'll do it. But if, it's, if the incentive isn't there, if it makes us look bad, if it threatens our status, then we'd rather not. So how can, how can we tell if we're doing something for our own exaltation? Think about whether there's a status you're working to maintain Think of if there's something that your worth is dependent on. How do you see yourself or how others see you as defining who you are? One of the richest guys on the planet, Bill Gates, in a new uh, doco on, on Netflix, has come out and said that his greatest fear in life is that his brain will stop working. And I found this article online that read like this, commenting on, Bill on what Gil Bill Gates has said. Bill Gates said his biggest fear in life was his brain not working. Here's how you can make yours the most productive it can be. Is there anything that if it were taken from you would make you feel less valuable? What status, if it was called into question, would make you feel worthless? Our very status, our value in the world seems to be tied to these exaltation symbols. And these symbols are either dictated to us by others or by ourselves. So is humility just another status symbol, a way of exalting ourselves? 
I was watching a TV show. I watch a lot of, I, I clearly watch too much TV probably. <laughs> Another TV show uh, where there was this powerful person helping out someone who was less fortunate than them. And um, as soon as they got this sense that the poor person was milking the situation, they, they had this interesting comment. So as soon as they, they felt like their goodwill was being abused, that this person was trying to overstep the grace that they'd, that they'd been given. This is what they said, ready? Don't mistake my humility for humility. See, as soon as it wasn't to this person's advantage, the, the powerful man, he just shut the door on humility. Is that what we do? Is our humility self-exaltation in disguise? Are we humble only to the point where we can see gain for ourselves, but not any point further? In our humility, is it even okay to want our own exaltation? If we flash back to Matt's sermon on Philippians 2 verses 1 to 5, um, he talked there about what Paul says to the Philippians. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. If that's the case, if we're not to do anything out of selfish ambition, how can humility and exaltation coexist? How can we not have any selfish ambition while knowing that if we're humble, exaltation will follow? I know I'm asking a lot of questions tonight. Welcome to my mind. <laughs> but here we start to get some answers. In Hebrews 12, verses two to three, we, there's a, it's a good place to start to answer some of these questions. And this is what it says in verse two. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Let's take a bit of time to look at the example that Jesus gives us. And again, I'd like to reach back to, to last week, um, or, or actually not to last week, well, it was last week, what we talked about when Jody talked about Jesus being pre-existent, existing before time, before anything was created. So that's the beginning. And if we're talking about imitating Jesus in humility and exaltation, then in the words of Fräulein Maria, starting at the beginning is a very good place to start. <laughs> that's the sound of music, so. <laughs> Last week, Jody, I'm saying Jody a lot, yeah, Jody was my sermon prep this week with a side of Matt. Um, <laughs> But she talked about how Jesus, before humbling himself, was in very nature God. And he didn't give up his divinity when he humbled himself. His humility was that he didn't consider his status with, as God as something that he needed to hold onto. In other words, he wasn't thinking about his status when he made the decision to become human. 
He already had the status of God, the status of being completely unique, completely above humanity. He's the creator, not the created. Why would he identify himself with humanity? A humanity that's already rejected God. Jody even shared it didn't make sense to the people of that time that God could become man. They mocked him, they beat him, humiliated him and eventually killed him because they called into question his status as God. Why risk going through that? Why didn't Jesus consider his status? What was his end goal? What was the joy set before him that made him humble himself by becoming a man and enduring all of this, even death on a cross? Our passage tonight, it says that because Jesus humbled himself, the Father lifted him up to the highest place, giving him the name Lord, so that every knee should bow and every tongue confess it to the glory of God the Father. So what exactly does that mean? What's what's the end game here? What does Christ's exaltation achieve? Why go through that humiliation? And in John's gospel, we read Jesus' very own words um, in a prayer that he makes to the Father. And it's one of his most revealing prayers. It's a powerful prayer because it's actually a prayer he prays after the Last Supper. And commentators say it could be a prayer that he's praying on the way to the garden where where he's eventually betrayed and then goes to the cross. So here's what he says in John chapter 17, verses one to five. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people. That's the same as what we're reading tonight. The name above all names. Every knee will bow, every tongue confess. But why? That he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I've brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Jesus knows his death and resurrection, his glorification, his exaltation will result in God's love and power on full display. Why? that he might give, that he might have the authority to give eternal life. Here we see the goal to know the Father through Jesus and enter into the relationship that they have. That is eternal life, to be filled with the life and love of God. Jesus' final exaltation is to open up the door for us to experience the Father's eternal love alongside him. That's a very different view of exaltation. It's not something that comes from selfish ambition. It's not something that we're grasping for. It's not something that we can work for. It's looking out for the interests of others. So how do we imitate 
that? How do we pursue that sort of exaltation? How does that kind of exaltation drive us to humility? You might be thinking, is seeking the good of others a good enough, a strong enough incentive for you to endure something like the cross? There's clearly a difference here between Jesus and us. Jesus is something from the beginning that, that we, we don't have. Before the world was even created, he experienced the joy and eternal love of the Father. He knew the Father's love in such measure that status wasn't a barrier. Losing status wasn't a thought in his mind because he knew he was completely loved by his Father. That would never change. Status wasn't a consideration when he humbled himself in obedience so that we could enter into this relationship, so that we could experience the same love he has known for all eternity. Because of his exaltation, he made a way for his love to be poured out into our hearts through his spirit. He's given his spirit to us. It's true we don't start off like Jesus, having experienced the love of God since before time began, but now he's made a way for us to experience his love in full measure through his very spirit. Jody also encouraged us to dig into Romans 8 last week. So I'm gonna pull from there because I'm sure you're up to speed with it. Here's what it says in verses 15 to 17. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. Entering into this relationship with God, where we're his children, where we are heirs alongside Christ, this is the ultimate exaltation. Jesus made a way for us to imitate him both in his exaltation and his humility. So I'd like to spend the next, next little while just going through three ways that we can imitate Christ. And these ways, they're as easy as breathing. We can, we can all agree that there's no life without breathing. It's a continual process. You don't just take one breath and then go, that'll do me. You don't expect that to last you. When you take a deep breath, the expectation is that you will breathe out. And when you've breathed out, you expect to breathe in again. The way this passage in Philippians talks about humility is like breathing. 
They're two parts of the same thing. Exaltation is like inhaling and humility is like exhaling. Both of these things are actually a demonstration of God's love. So here's how we can do that. Breath gives life to be able to breathe in and accept God's love. Jesus has made a way. He's made a way for us to let go of the old things that we've been grasping for, to let go of the false status we've worked for, things we thought would give us worth. Now we can let them go to make way for the breath of His Spirit, to experience His love, life and joy. When we look to Jesus as Lord and see the love demonstrated in Him by the Father, we can imitate Him by giving up our grasping for status and breathing in the life of His Spirit. Our exaltation is new relationship, security as children of God. We also breathe out. Once we've received God's Spirit, once we've experienced His love, it's naturally not something we can keep to ourselves. We breathe it out. We're adopted as His children. We have an immovable status as children of God. We have security of His eternal love so we can throw status out of the window. We have security that His love is unchanging. Not only do we breathe in His life, but we realise that we don't have to hold His life to ourselves. In fact, we can't help but share His life in humility. Breath is also continual, it's constant. The life the Spirit brings, the experience of God's love and relationship overflows in our hearts. When you breathe deeply of God's Spirit, you experience the joy of knowing Him and for the joy set before you, you'll be able to share in Jesus' sufferings, in humility, so that you can share in His glory, opening the door for others to experience the love of the Father. When you know that God's love is unfailing, when you've experienced it, it's like breathing. You're not worried about where the next gasp of air is gonna come from. You breathe out with the expectation of being exalted. You are in Christ, His exaltation is yours. You can experience the love of God in increasing measure. You can give out with the certainty that you can breathe in deeply again. Exaltation is experiencing the joy and love of the Father. Humility is the way that we experience even more of this love and joy through serving others, through including them in His love. Exaltation may be the breath in, but humility is the breath out. This radically changes our view of humility and suffering. 
a guy called Michael Reeves, an author, he writes of this dynamic that happens in people who have God's Spirit. He says, for, God, for Christ and His people, joy precedes, follows, undermines, and encases all suffering. Christ had joy before all pain, before the world existed. And it was joy that strengthened His resolve to suffer. That is what he shares with us, a preceding joy that enables us to bear hardship. It is the happy secret of the saints who have borne suffering most cheerfully and bravely for Christ. The more we find our pleasure in him, the more willing we will then be to suffer with him. Here's the the challenge for us tonight. Are you experiencing the life of Christ? Are you experiencing his exaltation? Are you experiencing his humility? Are you experiencing God's love? If you're here tonight and you've never experienced the love that we're talking about here, if you've never experienced the love of God in this way, Maybe it's the first time you're even hearing of it. Maybe you've heard it before, you've understood it, or it's been something in your head, but you've never felt this. You've never experienced this. The fullness of God's love poured into your heart through His Spirit. If at any point tonight your heart jumped out, wanting to know this, thirsting for this, And God wants you to know that He is here. That He longs for you to experience the love He has for you. That through Jesus, He's done everything necessary to make that possible for you here tonight. Will you open yourself up to this love? Will you open yourself up to this Lord? you can turn your heart towards Him at this very moment. The cry of your heart has already been asking for it. Now turn yourself towards Him and just ask. Humility, as we've been talking about, is the reaching out of God's love to others. Maybe you're here and you've sensed tonight a pull towards someone specific that God is calling you to serve, to love, to draw into the love that God has overflowed in your life? Is He calling you to let go of any excuses of inconvenience or status and to humbly just serve and show love? If if that's something that He's put on your heart tonight, then do that this very week. Make God's love known through humility knowing that it's done from a place of experience of God's love, of the overflow of God's love in your heart. Tonight, you may know this very love. As we've been talking about it, you can say, I know that love. Maybe you're in a situation right now where you've been pouring out your life humbly for the sake of other people, showing them God's love. 
It may be a work situation. It may be with a family member, with a friend. Maybe it's even with a person who considers you their enemy, who's antagonistic, who's bitter. Maybe it's someone who's scathing towards you. Maybe you find yourself in a place where you don't feel like you can do this anymore. You can't keep pouring your life out. Maybe you feel dry. Maybe you feel like God isn't close in this moment. God wants you to know His exaltation, the exaltation of His Son. He wants you to know His love, the extent that He went to for you, the fact that He's with you right now in the middle of it all. The call for you tonight is to breathe in deeply, to experience His love afresh, to know His nearness here this very night. And so we come to experience fullness of life. As a band come up, we want to be people who breathe, who know this like second nature. We're being made into this. This is Jesus, this is God's plan to make us into people who experience day by day the fullness of life and joy and love in Him. He's already made a way for that to be possible. We're living in that today. And day by day, as we follow in His footsteps, we are experiencing more of that and others are as well. What a privilege it is to be walking in the footsteps of Christ, to have His Spirit in us, leading and guiding us through this. So even in this next song, use this just as a time to breathe, to belt out, to sing His praises, to experience His love, to know Him afresh. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for who You are. We thank You that You are love. We thank You that You've gone to the ends of the earth for us. Thank You for sending Your Son. Thank You for giving us the highest model of humility, the highest model of love, the highest model of exaltation. Father, we kneel here before You tonight. Our knees are bowed before You. Our tongues are confessing that Jesus is Lord. We thank You that You've given us Your Spirit. We thank You that we have life in You. So now we give You all glory, all honour, all praise, and we rejoice in the life You've given us. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Let's stand together as we worship our great God. We put our hands together tonight, church, as we worship and honour the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. As we were singing the words of that song, as Dan was speaking, and as we were singing the words of that song, my mind went uh, to a picture of heaven. And we sung the lines, the heavens are roaring, the praise of His glory. And I, my mind went to Revelation, where it says these words. It says, then I looked, just picture this scene. This is happening right now. Right now, this is happening. Then I looked and heard a voice, the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures 
and the elders. And in a loud voice, they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honour and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to Him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honour and glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Isn't this good news, church? Isn't this good news? And so we can worship one more time. I think we can sing one more time. Lift up our praise. Lord, he has no Oh, Lord Jesus, we thank You that You are the exalted one. And Lord, this knowledge, the knowledge of this truth brings great confidence and assurance to our lives, Lord, that no situation, no circumstance that we face in our life is beyond You, great God, because You are the victorious one. It's Your name. Every knee bows, every power bows, Lord. And so I want to pray for some here tonight, maybe who in the midst of circumstances and situations, feeling bound up by things, great God, we thank You that we can claim Your name, Jesus. The name, that the name, every every other power, every authority must bow to Your name. And so Lord, I pray for some here tonight, maybe they would just call out to You now in these moments, in the midst of their circumstances, that they would know an assurance and a confidence that comes from You and You alone. The fact, Lord, that You are over all things, over all circumstances, over Every, every, every situation we could face in this life, Lord, that You have won the victory for us, great God. You have been exalted so that we might know Your power at work in our lives. Lord, this is incredible truth to know. We thank You. We worship You. We praise You. And I pray for each and every person here. They'll know, as Dan said, Lord, they'll experience the exaltation that You have brought in our own lives personally, Your love in our own lives personally. That is my prayer for each and every one here tonight. For any who don't yet know that, Lord, that You will give them the courage to say yes, to respond to You this very night. And I pray this in the mighty and the powerful Name of Jesus. Everyone said... Amen. Please be seated. If you'd like um, some prayer tonight, we'd love to pray for you over any situation or circumstance you've heard about that power that's available for us tonight. We'd love to pray for you. Do stay around afterwards to catch up with one another. And don't forget this week, you can come out and help us as we begin to get ready for Christmas lights as well. God bless you.